Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, church family. Please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and perhaps even in spite of me. And so let the humble words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Today we conclude our sermon series titled Worship Matters with a conversation about what it means to be sent forth. Now I'm not wearing my typical robe and stole today because I'm wanting to wear what I wear when I'm out and about town in normal uh, times. And yes, I often wear this about town. No, I do not sleep in a clerical collar. Yes, I once had a t-shirt with a clerical collar on it, but that was just to be funny and I didn't wear it that often. But again, we're gonna be talking about what it means to be sent forth. Sent forth to do what Jesus talked about in Matthew 28 to make disciples of all nations, to make disciples of all uh, ethnic groups, to baptize, and to teach, to teach what Christ has taught us, remembering that Christ will be with us always, even to the end of the age. So again, today, we'll consider what it means to be sent forth as a people of God. I'm standing here next to a candle in the sanctuary. Candles traditionally symbolize the light of Christ. Now, for hundreds and hundreds of years, the architecture and the symbols that we use in the life of the church and sanctuaries are meant to dramatize something that we believe about the faith. And we believe that the, the light of Christ is with us. Jesus talks about in scripture uh, to let our light shine in the world and not hide it under a basket. This light is, is a lamp, a lamp is a, is a candle. Let your light shine in the world. Don't hide it. So again, for for hundreds and hundreds of years, the church has used symbols like this to dramatize what we believe in the faith. In more modern or contemporary settings, we have screens that help us to dramatize the faith. And so we allow what we can see on the screen and, and uh, the, the drama of the music and the drama of the preaching uh, to help us to, to know what it means to be a part of this Christian faith to enact and dramatize this uh, Christian faith. Well, in, in older and more traditional spaces, these symbols uh, do that for us. Now, sometimes in a, a traditional sanctuary, there's a light that is always on, a lamp that's always lit, that's meant to represent the perennial presence of Christ in the space. But there's also a light that's brought in to, to light a candle like this. And then at the end of the service, it's extinguished and brought out. This is meant to symbolize that the light of Christ is always with us. Christ is always 
with us. We carry Christ with us as we move out into the world to make disciples of the nations, to, to baptize and to, to teach everything that Christ has taught us. This light of Christ goes with us as we are sent forth. Now, as we think about being sent forth into the world with the gospel of Christ, a word that comes to mind is evangelism. The word evangelism is not always a positive word for us, right? Um, On top of it has been put all kinds of social and political dynamics that have really co-opted the use of the word. Really what this means at the core is sharing the good news of Christ with others. And what is this good news? Well, my shorthand for the gospel or the good news is that Christ has come to save and restore us and all of creation. And so we go out into this world with the message that Christ has come to save and restore us and all of creation. So how do we do it? What's the, what's the framework around moving into the world as Christ has called us to do, to make disciples of all nations, to baptize and to teach? Well, it's been suggested that there are at least three aspects of this. One is entering the culture. And we enter into the culture empathetically empathetically and respectfully now one of the things that we know about the missional movement particularly the western church in the world is that we've not always entered cultures with empathy and respect and and sympathy Too oftentimes we've moved into cultures with a sense of dominance and an idea that the culture that was moving into another culture was superior to the other culture. So we've not moved into culture missionally with empathy and respect always. More modern missional movements tend to do that and say, look, there's, there's a richness to be celebrated here. There are gifts in the culture. There's beauty in the culture. God has been at work in this culture. And so we move with a sense of empathy and respect. But we also challenge or confront culture. So there are aspects of culture that the gospel challenges and confronts. So this is uh, challenging and confronting with biblical wisdom. So what I'm not saying here is to go in and devalue Uh, a culture generally. What I am saying is that there are aspects of a culture. Perhaps a culture is too focused on 
the individual, for instance, or too focused on greed, for instance. These kinds of things we challenge in culture. These kinds of things we challenge in our own culture. So there's a, a kind of a biblical wisdom and a biblical understanding that we move out with as well to challenge certain aspects of culture. And then finally, we try to appeal to listeners. We appeal to listeners, and what we're really doing is retelling the culture story Retelling the culture story in Jesus through the lens of, of the gospel. We're allowing the gospel to redeem culture, just as we allow the gospel to redeem our lives. Okay, here we are at the threshold between the church and the world. We are ready to go out making disciples, baptizing, teaching them everything Christ commanded. All right, let's go. You might actually be wondering how we're going to make disciples and what we're going to teach. All right, come on. Let's go back to the whiteboard. Okay, so we spoke before about culture and how we enter it, how we challenge it, and then how we appeal to culture. And I really want to focus on this idea of appealing. This idea of appealing to culture or retelling, retell the story of culture in the gospel of Jesus Christ or through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we do this utilizing biblical wisdom in this challenge piece. So how might we appeal to culture? Well, there's a time in which when we were preaching the gospel message, say to my parents' generation, we'd appeal to them in this way to say, look, you need to be a good person. Not just be a nice person, but be a thoroughly good person. And you just can't get there by yourself. You need the grace of Jesus Christ to help you to be truly good in all the ways that Christ calls you to be good. And they got that. They understood that. Then they're moved uh, to a generation of folks that were really about a kind of self-fulfillment, about a self-actualization, a freedom. And we said to those folks, hey, look, if you want to be free, you need Jesus. Because you're going to believe in something. You will believe in something. You'll attach yourself to some ideology. It, it might be you believe in your work or you believe in your politics, but all those things are ultimately going to enslave you. And so you need the gospel of Jesus Christ to truly be free. This is the only way you're going to do it. Well, it's been suggested that uh, in the contemporary setting, in the last, within the last decade or so even, that there's been a, a shift in culture. And the shift really is around social justice. 
We are a culture that talks about social justice all the time. So the question is, again, here, what about the gospel of Christ is transformative? See, it's always been the case that somebody could believe that they were a good person. But the church has said, you, you've got, you need the grace of Jesus Christ to help you to truly be good. And so part of culture is saying, hey, you can do this without the church. But the church is saying, here's how the gospel informs what it really means to be good. Even the sense of self-actualization or a sense of freedom. The culture would say, hey, no, 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 you, you don't need the church. You don't need the church. You can do this by yourself. The church is talking to us about what it means to actually be free. The culture will say, hey, you can be about social justice all by yourself. Why enter the church? Well, the church is saying there's a way to think about social just, justice using biblical wisdom and retelling uh, the story of social justice in the story of Christ. So here's what I mean by that. So I, I can't talk about all the ways that we think about uh, evangelism and reframing, but I hope hopefully this will be helpful. So it's very easy to be a person who, who is all about social justice, an avid social justice advocate. In, in our community, boy, our community is filled with avid social justice advocates. But one of the things that can happen in a more, if I could call it a secularist view of social justice advocacy, is that we can easily look down on the people who are not about the same agenda. We can think of ourselves as better than the folks who are not about the same uh, agenda. Uh, we, we can judge the bigots But that's not the way the gospel encourages us to think about this. The gospel helps us to understand that we are all sinners, that we've all fallen short of the glory of God, that we all need God's grace, that we are not better than anyone else. The grace of Jesus Christ has redeemed us. The grace of Jesus Christ has restored us. The grace of Jesus Christ compels us to continue to stand with those on the margins. To stand with those who have been left out. To seek justice even as we walk humbly with God, and we walk humbly with God because we know what God has done for us. We know that it is but by the grace of God that we are able to live the life in Christ that we live. We've been forgiven. And so when you carry this sense that I'm not better than someone else, it reshapes how we think about and how we talk about social justice and how we advocate 
for social justice. We're still advocating and standing for what is right. But it does shift the way that we think about someone else. It does shift the way that we think about the person on the other side of the aisle. It does shift the way that we seek to engage and, and talk with those who believe differently than we do. And so, as we seek to be a people that goes out into the world making disciples and baptizing and teaching, we go in a spirit that has been informed by the Bible, informed by biblical wisdom, informed by the gospel with a sense of humility as we appeal to the world to think differently about its story, to think differently about how others can be a part of this Christian story that has so shaped and transformed our lives. Okay, here we are once again at the threshold between the church and the world. We are to be ones who carry the light of Christ into this world. To enter into this world humbly knowing that Christ has saved us. Christ has restored us. We're not better than anyone else. We're simply people who walk with Christ and know what Christ has done for us. We walk into the world to be witnesses of this, witnesses of the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And so I have two challenges for us this week. The first challenge is to deeply immerse yourself in the Christian story. To allow the gospel of Christ to transform your life at every level. Every level of your thinking and in all of your action and movement in this world. The second challenge is this. Don't be afraid. To go out with a spirit of of, of boldness. We can be bold even in our humility. And this boldness is this bold belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ. This belief that it absolutely can transform our lives and can transform the lives of others. And so in that way, we're not afraid to talk about it. We don't need to run folks over with it. We don't need to beat people over the head with it. But we're not afraid to say, this is transforming my life. It's not that it has just has transformed my life. It is actively transforming my life. And it can transform your life too. Come and be a part of this journey with me. I hope you'll do that. I hope you will um, 
allow this gospel to transform your life and you move into the world without fear. So you can help people know that they are loved by you, that they are loved by God, and that God, through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, can transform their lives just as God has transformed yours. Please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, thank you that you have moved us to move into the world. I thank you for your spirit that is at work transforming lives, transforming the life of the world. We know that the struggles of this world are real. We know that the pain of this world is real and it's constantly pressing against us. We thank you that you have given us a gospel and you've given us your spirit that presses back against the world, presses back against the things that tear people down and that tear people apart. Lord, help us be witnesses to this unitive, this inclusive, this loving, this transforming power of the gospel. In Christ's holy name, amen. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. And may the peace of Christ be with you. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you. And we hope to see you soon.